Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. Welcome back to His Light and Life. We were talking about, we left off the last time talking about the colony. And we're going to get to that again this time. Um, and we were also talking about the foundation or the progression of God re- revealing that kingdom in the earth. And I want to read a portion of scripture. Um, Romans 5, 15 to 21. It's a tiny bit lengthy, but I want you to see something. And it's going to be going forward in our explanation about the kingdom and how we can walk in and cooperate with that kingdom, because that's really what it is. Can two be agree? Can two walk together unless they be agreed? Right. When Jesus said to the come follow me, he was saying, come walk with me. And that walking, they would be taught as they went. And that was to bring them to a level of agreement. You've heard me say that I believe that belief is an agreement, that faith is absolutely an agreement, that the kingdom, the most important thing about when I think of the kingdom, what I think about is agreement. It's agreement. It's, it's in harmony. You see this with an instrument. When the strings and the notes are played together properly, there's a harmony. The notes, the frequencies, they're agreeing with it, with each other. There's not this disjointedness. And if you think about the children of Israel, um, and I'll refer to them a lot. You've, you've heard me say already, they, they are the visible image. We, we, they're a picture book. The children of Israel in the Old Testament, they're a picture book for us to look at to understand they provide us with incredible insights and incredible lessons. Most of them, not how to, you know, not how to do it, but how not to do it. And you can learn a lot about seeing something done incorrectly. Hindsight's 2020. You can, you can break that back. You can reverse engineer it and you can see where they made a mistake, how they failed, why they failed. And most importantly, their understanding and thinking behind their failures. And that could oftentimes be as a result of external motivations. And we know that in the Old Testament, primarily, that was the biggest problem. They were continuously pressed upon by the fact that they were fallen beings and they were they were easily manipulated, influenced, and directed by the law of sin and death. As soon as they stepped out of God's covering and protection, bang, a disaster was imminent. But I want to read this portion of scripture because it does lay um, a bit of an understanding for you. And I talked about this when I, when I said before that the Jews, they, they, didn't, um, they didn't understand the purpose of the law. And that purpose they by misunderstanding the purpose of the law that created a lot of problems and still creates a lot of problems in the church today 
And we know they didn't understand it when they said in Exodus 9, was it 9, 7 to 8? Um, and uh, they said, uh, what did they say? And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord hath spoken, we will do. And it says, and Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. Now, if you, if you understand this, I've stated and shared with you that when God gives a command, gives a direction within that command and direction is the power to fulfill it. And the power to fulfill it comes to us. It flows to us effortlessly based upon our agreement with it. If we know that this is impossible for us to do, then we would look to Lord. I believe, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. I, I, I bring to you the portion that's required my hand extended in it for your help. But I understand at the same time, I can't extend the other hand as effort. And that is the humble heart, the heart that comes to God. It has one hand reaching out and saying, Oh Lord, Oh Lord, Oh Lord, have mercy on me. And knowing that the Lord doesn't say, you know, well, help yourself. I've given you the tool. I've given you the word. Now go to work. No, the hand of self-reliance is kept back and you trust. You say, Lord, what you've asked me to do, I can't do. But you're the source, you're my supply, you're my strength. Accomplish thy will in me. We see the greatest illustration of that when you see the prof, uh, the angel J- Gabriel coming to Mary, when the young virgin, and her reply is the best. I mean, you can just put this on a placard and just read it every day, right? <laughs> according unto thy word be it unto me <laughs> there it is i mean there's the christian life in one sentence i mean it really truly is lord according to thy word be it unto me you have spoken it you are behind it heaven is enforcing it your spirit is all the power and all it's omni it's om it's un Containable, uncontrollable. You are all powerful, all knowing, all wise, all present. I bow, I say thank you, and I accept. <laughs> and uh, the Jews, of course, <clears throat> they heard Moses reading the commands of God, and 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 they, they they rolled their sleeves up. All the Lord has commanded, we will do. And it's important to note that Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. And at that moment, you can almost hear the Father God saying, have at it. (laughs) You just said that you will be able to live in a fallen state with a demonic realm controlled under a curse by the law of sin and death. And you just said that you will be able to live to the standards that I have of myself. That if I was in my perfect state in a body on the earth, that is how I would live as an expression of my nature. That's just who I would be. 
and two can't walk together unless they be agreed. If you're going to be my people, that's the standard that you would have to walk in. That's the pace that you would have to be in. That would be like a three-legged race. You ever see people in a three-legged race where you have your own leg, but you have one leg that's joined and you have to walk in unison. And you believe the children of Israel after 400 years of slavery in Egypt who just made a golden calf and were worshiping it. And as the Bible says, they rose up to play. They weren't playing soccer. And you think that those people there could walk in unison with the creator of all the universe, who's perfect, whose holiness is unapproachable, <laughs> who dwells in the realm of light, perfect light. You're right. You're down there in the desert in the dust. You're going to, you got Egypt behind you and you've got, uh, you've got mayhem ahead of you, but you're going to do this. Okay. So I want you to see the progression of that revelation. And we're going to jump ahead to something. I think I already said I was going to read this Romans five. Uh, let's see. I'm going to read from 15 Romans five, 15 to 21. So it's a bit of a chunk, but it, it, it builds up to, it builds up to uh, a point where you'll see the absolute error, though they, the children of Israel didn't understand they were absolutely incapable of keeping the commands of God, were hopelessly ignorant to the fact that God within his word had the power to do it. That misstep led to uh, a bunch of other missteps, but the one I want you to see is how not only in that process of their failure, but God was working there, progressing his kingdom to the bring, to bring us to the point of understanding that what we get from God, what we receive from him, that walking in unison with him, that walking in agreement with him, that to walk with him in that three-legged race, so to speak, is going to require one indelible fact, a, a power, an influence, an idea, a structure that is in, we are incapable of hand of accomplishing one speck of God's mercy. Okay. The overcoming life, the victorious Christian life, the gift of his son in the earth, the son walking in the substitutionary fulfillment of all requirements of God, the righteousness that's imputed to us because he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God, that the breath in your nostrils today, the ideas in your head, the strength to live this life, it's all mercy, undeserved, unwarranted, hesed. Tender-hearted, loving kindness from our Father God. And the overcoming life is a gift. <laughs> the victorious Christian life is a gift. It's a gift. It's God's ability in us, given as a gift. We keep it. We walk in it. We, uni we walk in unity with it. We flow with it. We walk in the light in mercy as a gift. It comes to us freely. What then? When, the next question is, Mark, what stops it? <laughs> All that the Lord has commanded, we will do. <laughs> That's what stops it right there. Self-reliance. To look to yourself to provide one single speck. <laughs> to, to provide anything, a, a speck of contribution. Pff, grieves the Holy Spirit and 
Because <laughs> you just said whether you know it or not, you just said that you could add to the perfect work of Jesus Christ. That what he did on the cross was good. Oh man, that was awesome. Amazing. And now we pick up the backpack and we carry it as well. We share the load with him. Right. Right. When he said, take up your cross daily and follow him. Remember he said to, to his disciples, come follow me, come follow me, come follow me. But then he says, my disciples will take up my cross and daily follow him. If you do not take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy to be my disciple. So we say, oh man, well, you know, the cross is the death of sin. So you, you get into your life and you start, <laughs> you know, you start swinging the cross like a sledgehammer at sin in your life. That's not what he was talking about. That's not what he was talking about. When he says, when take up your cross and follow him, he means my cross is going to be absolutely, totally, fully, absolutely completed, completed, a completed act, finished work. You can't add to it. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't redirect it. You can't contribute to it. You weren't there. You didn't do it. And you couldn't, even if you had, it would have accomplished nothing because it took my perfect sinless life. It took me leaving the presence of my father, God, and becoming God in the flesh and walking out the perfect fulfillment of all the requirements of the kingdom of God and my father's will. And then me willfully yielding up my life for you as a complete act of honoring to my father and a complete act of mercy on your behalf. And if you take my free gift of mercy, my free gift, excuse me, of my life, then you can take up your cross and follow me. So the Christian who takes up his cross and follows God is the Christian who takes up the cross and puts down all his own self-reliance. And by faith and confidence in belief that it is enough. You say to yourself, all the Lord has required. <laughs> he has already done. <laughs> and you don't engage in that battle. See, because Adam, the mind, will, and emotions of Adam are still in you, my friend. And they are hiding in the bushes. They want to go over and they want to, they want to cut big leaves and make aprons to hide their nakedness. So they're always trying their tool to accomplish that is self-righteousness. So they're, you always have this inner, this inner strength of or this inner death of self-righteousness. And that comes from the knowledge of good, from the tree of the knowledge of good. Plus, around you, the devil is saying, well, you know what? Yeah, you got to be a little better than that. Oh, look at you. You haven't prayed in a week. You're, you know, you're not, you're not a, I mean, what kind of a Christian can go a week without prayer? <clears throat> and, it's, and at the same time, the law of sin and death is crushing you, telling you you're worthless, horrible, no good. Anyway, God would never accept you and fighting against you with all manner of temptation, foolishness, and evil. So what I say that for is to say that it's all a desire. It's all an intention to get you to re-engage in a battle. Re-engage in a battle. Fight your own fight. 
get out there and, you know, live the Christian life and don't go here and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that. And, you know, don't listen to this kind of music. Don't watch or definitely don't watch that kind of movie. You know, don't, you know, just just, you know, watch the latest Christian movie release and you live your life like that. And here's what you don't understand. You're going to activate. You're going to activate the law of sin and death in your life. And though you start off with your intentions of being good, you will end up with being worse. Did he just say that? Yeah, I'm saying the more good you try to be in your own strength, in Adam, in self-reliance, the worse you will end up being. Okay? Because something happens that people don't realize. And part of uh, what we're talking about in flowing and walking in the kingdom is to explain that. So I'm going to get to this verse now, finally, Romans 5, uh, it's a bunch of verses, Romans uh, 5, 15 to 21. Uh, it says here, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Okay, free gift. For if through the offenses of one many be dead, that's Adam's failure, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ has abounded onto many. Now, right there, that's the gospel. <laughs> that, that, that's the gospel right there. I mean, <laughs> if you, if you had a foundation in the word of God, if you really, I mean, if you had a foundation in, 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 in understanding some of the things that I've been sharing with you, uh, in this podcast, which are your inheritance, by the way, <laughs> Mark hasn't given you anything. This all belongs to you. See me more like a, more like a lawyer at the reading of a will, just sort of, you know, reading out the will, the wishes of the one who's passed and deceased. Well, I'm just reading out the wishes of the one who's passed and deceased and was raised from the dead to enforce and empower his own covenant. I'm just the one sharing it with you. This belongs to you. This is a free gift from our Father God. He's so wonderful in heaven, and he's given us all things in his Son, Jesus Christ, okay? <laughs> I, but if you want to break that down and you want to say, okay, here's the gospel, and well, I'm going to read it again. But not as the offense, that's Adam's. So, But not as the offense, so, as, so also is the free gift. It's not like that. And it says, for if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Adam's failure in plunging all of mankind into darkness has been more than overcome, more than think about Adam reaches forth and stretches forth his hand, takes the takes the fruit and eats, boom, everybody's in him dead. God, look what required Jesus to, to what it required of the father to bring the gift. How much grace, how much more did grace abound than that one single act of rebellion? Just look at the requirements of the gift. I mean, it's one thing for God to say, Hey, it's a gift. It's another thing to say, Hey, that gift was bought with a price. The price of it was the was God the Son coming in your place. Okay, but anyway, continuing on because it's not really that, that we could have a whole podcast right there, but we're not today. We're moving along, and it says, and not as 
not as it was by the one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, that's Adam, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Okay, that's the work of Jesus for our justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, that's death reigning because of Adam's transgression, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. What this is saying, I'm not finished reading here, but what it is saying is that even the consequences of Adam's transgression have been greatly, greatly overcome by the by grace and the free gift of righteousness. Okay? And we are to reign in life. And that's what this podcast is about. Reigning in life in Christ Jesus. His light and his life. And it says here, free gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore... As by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift, free gift, free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. This is the part we're talking, we're going to emphasize today. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. And I want you to see in all through that, the comparison. So you have what Adam did, what Jesus did, what Adam did, what Jesus did, what Adam did, Jesus did. So you see this comparison all through there. Okay. And where it says here, where, great, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Right before that, it says, moreover, the law entered that the offenses might abound. And that is a tricky point for, for almost every believer. I encourage you. I encourage you. I encourage every one of my listeners. When you go to, and I don't mean this, I do not mean this from a point of judgment or any kind of finger pointing, etc. I want you to walk into your church on Sunday or go to your Bible study, go to your group, whatever. And I do not want you to even respond to them. I just want you to ask them this question. Why did God give the law? Why did God give the law? And note their answers, smile politely. I do it all the time. <laughs> I do it all the time. I do it all the time. And I, <laughs> I, maybe, I, I do. I, I love asking that question. It's right up there with how could Goliath have gotten saved? 
<laughs> I love that one too. But, but I love asking the question, you know, why did God give the law? And I ask it as a neutral, the meaning <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, I don't say that I know the answer, but I, and I, but I don't, I don't say it as though I don't know what the answer is. It's just, I'm just completely neutral. And it's not a point of debate for me. I just ask that question and I love answers to it. And I just take their answers and I, oh, mm, oh yeah, okay. And I change the subject. <laughs> so we're going to pick it up next time right there. So why did God give the law? Maybe I'll give you a little bit of time between this podcast and the next one to answer that question or ask a couple people. And uh, bring your, bring your, <laughs> jot your answers down and bring it back and listen to the next one. <laughs> I really want to thank you for joining me today on His Light Life. We're going to pick it up exactly right here where we are next time. We're going to start off with why Why did God give the law? Your view and understanding of why he gave it, what his purpose was, <laughs> what his purpose was in giving it, will go a long way for you to enter into the free gift and the abundance of grace that you might reign in life in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.